we could just go home after that. That's, a, that's the message right there, right? I mean, keep it simple. You see the impact of uh, what Christ has on people, you know, and um, you can use something as simple as a shoebox and little trinket things, well, maybe things that we would call trinkets, you know. Um, others would just gravitate, like he said, just something I can call my own, and uh, it's so touching. Especially in a time like this, uh, it's, a, it's a trip. Wow, we are, we're here. <laughs> we're here and we're, everyone looks like it's not, maybe not Halloween, but uh, we all have our 007 looking like ninjas, you know, this whole row especially. Brandon, I like your mask, you're stunting. I like that. I try to, I try to go all out too and you know what I'm saying, I got, you know, you got to floss. If you got to do it, might as well, you know what I mean, go all out with it. Um, but we're here. Praise God. You know, praise God that he, he opened this door and we're doing it, you know. And, and um, as I was talking to Gene earlier this morning, Lord willing, uh, it's not we're not going to be in this season for a long time where it's like this. But, uh, you know, we want to we do want to obviously honor the Lord. And uh, we're, we're obviously also rendering to Caesar what Caesar's. And so we're going about things uh, to take the necessary precautions. Uh, just a couple little uh i guess whatever house house uh you know household things that we will just mention so um in with everything that's going on you notice that these little whatever these little arrows so at the end everyone's gonna exit that way uh wellsprings is trying to have us to make sure that we you know follow the one way in one way out thing um the only other thing i could say is uh the offering and the communion because uh, Santa Clara County is so strict about masks being on inside the building. Um, right now, I don't have peace with all of us taking communion at our uh, separate times in here. So, but the elements are there. You could take them on your way out. Do it with your family. You know, you could do it in the car. You could do it when you get home. You can do it outside. I mean, it's not 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 a big deal. Whatever you feel led to do, but please feel free to to take the elements and 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 do as you wish. Uh, when you take them also the offering obviously we're not going to pass the offering around if you feel led to to give to the lord today go ahead and just drop it in in the in the bag right there and uh any kind of uh hanging out and congregating whatever you want to do um please i definitely don't want to tell you not to do it if you feel led to be outside you could do that outside after the service or you know we we have this nice little park right right around the way you just have to cross the street and walk over and you know you can hang out there for an extended amount of time and no one will bother you so with that all that's out of the way um, hopefully there's no questions if you have any please let me know but it's pretty straightforward this is kind of what it's going to look like for the unforeseeable future but it can it is still the lord's house so let's make it feel like the lord's house let's not let all these little funny details kind of misconstrue and take the focus away from christ amen all right um i'm gonna go ahead and pray and then i'll read uh the scripture uh for this morning heavenly father lord god we uh we come before you and and lord we just are just so grateful that we can Come into your house, Lord. This is a sanctuary. This is a safe place. We know that the church is not a building, but we are grateful that we, the church, the people, we can actually come together, be together, not be uh, having to be remote, not having to be uh, apart from one another, but we can come together and be 
the church, Lord. We're so grateful that we can know you because of the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. May you now go before us, Lord, and speak to our hearts through your word, Lord. May you receive all honor and glory. May we recognize, Lord, the the depth of your word and your love for us that you left us these holy scriptures that tell us, that give us insight into how to live right. You give us the basic instructions that we're supposed to adhere to before we leave this planet. Lord, as uh, that young man said, help us to just have that, that real encounter with you that turns into a real relationship that's ongoing forever and ever. And may we be affected by not only by what we hear, by in turn what we do, how we live, how we act, how we operate in an everyday life. Lord, may we be those that uh, are your hands and feet to this dying world. May we be reflecting the light of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you and praise you. I pray this all in your son, Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. All right. We will be in Acts chapter 18. Uh, Zoom. Oh, is, is someone else on? You're on. You need to get in. Sorry. It's uh, Yeah, it's all good. There, there's good. There's going to be all this little funky stuff of, you know, whatever, having to remember, let people in if they're on Zoom or whatnot, but it's all good. Uh, so we are in Acts chapter 18, and we will be ending out this chapter. We'll be in verses 24 through 28. And I'll go ahead and begin reading now. And it says, Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately, accurately excuse me, the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. This is a very, uh, this is a great account of a of, of, uh, of a man blessed with God-given gifts, and, and we will see in his life how he was used greatly by the Lord. So just a quick recap. Last week we learned about vows or, or what is at the heart of a vow made to God, right? Why someone would take a vow, what that, what that institutes, and how that's actually ap- applied in someone's life. We also learned about God's perfect timing, his will, how these things are, 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 are synonymous with one another. You can't take them apart. God's will and his timing is perfect. We want that in our lives. And how we as mature believers in Christ should be helping other younger believers grow in their faith. Today in our text, we're going to see what support and the fellowship of Christ practically looks like. How, how we can actually come alongside someone in Christ and help them to grow in their faith. We will learn how this new, young, dynamic believer in Christ was supported to grow even further and to be used greatly for the Lord. I have several main points this morning, and the first one is this. I love this. You don't need to wait 
until you are fully mature in Christ to begin sharing the gospel. You don't need to be this this guru spiritually to share Christ. You don't. Today we will meet Apollo, Apollos. He was a well-spoken, educated man who was on fire for the Lord. He just had a heart for the Lord. He his fervor was on strong and he was all about sharing the gospel. He was in some ways inexperienced, but he didn't let that stop him from serving Christ. And if you think about it, in some ways, inexperience is actually a good thing because it helps you to be bold. Think about young children, right? Think about someone this young man's age. I can guarantee you he is bold and he probably has an adventurous spirit and he's willing to do things and take risks and chances, Brandon Wood, that someone very older, that's not, it's not to say that's all the time because there are some older folks that will jump out of uh, airplanes and still skydive and, you know, bungee jump and all that. But for the most part, when we're younger, when we're young and a little more inexperienced, we're willing to take more risks, right? As we age, as we get older, we kind of get in our comfort zone. We kind of get in uh, an area where I'm willing to do this, but I'm not willing to go there. And we stay in this kind of rigid Uh, this rigid bubble. So this is what we see in Apollos. He was young in the faith. He was a bit inexperienced, but he was all out. He was hungry and thirsty to serve the Lord. You don't have to wait till whatever. Somebody thinks, oh, only somebody that's serving in the ministry that's whatever being looked at in a certain way. And that's just the way people look. It's not how God looks. You don't have to be a pastor to share Christ. You don't have to be a worship leader to share Christ, you know. All of us in here can and should be sharing Christ. Amen? The second main point is this. No matter where you and I are in our walk with the Lord, we always stand for room to grow. And that's hence the title of the message, Always Room room to Grow in Christ. Though Apollo was on fire for the Lord, he still had more to learn. The most important thing to pick up from Apollo's life is that he had a teachable spirit. This young man had a very teachable spirit. He didn't take offense to being approached and being encouraged to learn. He was willing to learn. And that speaks volumes, right? Because sometimes, and I'm constantly grabbing this mask, it's so annoying, but, uh, Sometimes we don't want to be approached, right? We're like, yeah, I don't really, you know, I'm good. I'm okay. I know what I know. I, I know the basics. I don't, I, don't need, I don't need you speaking into my life. But, but the approachability of this, this man, allowing Priscilla and Aquila to come to him and share with him the things that they knew to kind of further him and, and, and move him along in his walk with the Lord, this is an amazing thing. We have to have teachable spirits uh you know when we become unteachable by the holy spirit we've at that point reached our plateau you can no longer mature in the lord if you think you know it all Uh, we should never be at that place where we think we know it all in christ we should every day be hungering and thirsting 
and desiring to know more about Jesus and to learn more, whether you're hearing podcasts, whether you're in the Word yourself, whether you're in prayer, whether you're listening to worship music, whether you're out interacting with people, the Lord can speak to you in so many different ways, right? I mean, the Lord speaks through a donkey. He speaks through all of creation. I was just talking to Fred earlier about, you know, remember when the thunder happened, when that caused all those fires that we just got over. The first thing I did was drop to my knees out of bed because I'm like, I'm experiencing just a glimpse of the power and the authority of Christ. You know, in the book of Revelation, it talks about what is kind of around, surrounding the throne, what what John saw. And it's speaking of the presence, just the power of God, the authority of God, that you would see just this sense, this this thunder, this light that's just show, you know, just being shown around the throne. And it's just it's it's amazing to to see this and to recognize these things in Christ. But this is, again, going back to being teachable, allowing the Lord to speak into your life in the many ways that he will choose to do so. The third main point is this. When all of us, when the church, when the body of Christ, when we all play our part, the outcome is always the best that it could possibly be when we all do our job be responsible in the Lord, be fervent in the Lord when we all play our part. Because Apollo, Aquila, and Priscilla, because they all worked together, the rest of the church benefited. Aquila and Priscilla were used greatly, and they used discernment. Think about what would have happened if Aquila and Priscilla went to approach Apollos, and Apollo said, I'm good, I'm straight, I don't need your help, I'm already... I'm already on point. I, 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 I'm, I'm already teaching in the synagogue. I already know what I need to do. I heard about John the Baptist. I'm, I'm preaching and teaching repentance. I don't need you. We wouldn't have the outcome that we see in the scriptures. What about if Aquila and Priscilla did not heed to the Lord's calling on them and went to approach Apollos? What if they said, oh, we don't, we don't need to approach him. It's all good. We're, we're going to stay in our lane. Let him, let him mature on his own. But no. They came together and great things were accomplished through these members of the body of Christ. Aquila and Priscilla, they saw the God-given talents that Apollos had, that he was able to speak and teach eloquently. But he was like, you know, a horse that needed to be, you know, reared in. He was a little rough around the edges. They also saw that he needed to be discipled. And so because of their willingness to reach out to Apollos, willingness to receive, and him being willing to receive their input, great things again happened. All of these points are extremely applicable to us today. In order for us to reach and to be used to our full potential in Christ, we need to, one, not wait until we think we've reached some pinnacle of spiritual wisdom to open our mouths. We need to not be at that point. We should be, uh, you know, witnessing all the time. Number two, we need to recognize that we still have much to learn in Christ, and we should be willing to allow people around us, brothers and sisters in Christ. It doesn't have to just be the pastor. It should be whoever you're connected with in Christ. You know, you have a rapport, a relationship with them. There should be that respect and that trust to be able to speak into another brother and sister's life. We need that there. Also, we need to be willing to help others learn or to be taught the truth of the gospel. Okay, let's go ahead and break down these verses. And I'm going to start in verses 24 down through 26. And it says, 
Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. So we see here, as Paul did his work in Galatia and Phrygia, this man named Apollos comes on the scene. He came from Alexandria to Ephesus. Alexandria, a little bit of background real quick. It was the second most important city in the Roman Empire. There was a lot going on there. Um, one notable thing amongst others is this was the home of a great university, right? A great university where much was taught, much was learned as far as the world is concerned and what was important there. Apollos was a scholar. He was an orator, meaning he was a very eloquent speaker. And he was a debater, right? Uh, he was one that could dissect a topic and defend it or you know be on the offense of it fairly easy he was gifted in these areas these these were the markings of the god-given gifts that were given to him by many measures he was a remarkable man again he was an eloquent person he was mighty in the scriptures meaning he understood the scriptures of what he had of the scriptures he understood very well and he had been instructed in the way of the lord it lastly says here that he was fervent in spirit. This, this saying fervent in spirit literally means to boil in the spirit. You know what happens when you boil something. Y'all know what you, when you put a, some, what, a chicken breast in the pot and you boil the chicken. I mean, it's pretty hot. You don't want to be touching that, those big bubbles in there because you're going to blister your fingers up. This man was boiling, bubbling over within the Holy Spirit. He was bubbling over with enthusiasm for the things of Jesus Christ. Apollo spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord. It seems that, like in many in his day, he was a missionary called by God alone. Meaning, uh, it says that, you know, he was instructed in the ways of the Lord and he taught the things of the Lord accurately. We have no indication that he was sent or commissioned out by any one specific congregation or apostle. And again, it says that he simply came from Ephesus. He just came, or he came to Ephesus from Alexandria, excuse me. So he was led by the Lord from his home place to Ephesus. This is important to point out because, uh, you know, it's simply put, he didn't go to seminary. He didn't go to seminary to be used by God. And seminary is not a bad thing. You can go and you can study and you can get your degree. And, and that's a praise God for that, for those who are called to go that route. But don't think again, if you haven't been there, if you haven't been brought up in, you know, all of these, uh, you know, institutionalized uh, ways that, you know, you can learn about Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean that you're not able to be used. You know, uh, was it Billy Graham? I don't think Billy Graham went to seminary and he was used in a mighty way by the Lord. If I'm wrong about that, Daniel would be able to tell me, but I'm pretty sure Billy Graham did not go to seminary. Not again, not that that's a bad thing. I, not, I'm, he did. He did? Okay, well, so there's got, I know there's got to be somebody that did not go to seminary and got been used in a great way by the Lord. I don't know why I said Billy Graham. I, I could have sworn he did, he did go. There's got to be some famous, well-known pastor preacher that did not go to seminary. 
In any event, in the context, Apollos did not go. He was not brought up in the synagogue, but he had an enthusiasm and a hunger for Christ, and he was used to teach the word accurately. This confirms that many are called by God. That's the main point, is that many are called by God. It makes sense when you look at the scriptures, because Jesus Christ himself said, if he be lifted up, he would draw all men unto himself, meaning that he came to save all people, not just some, not a specific group, not a specific class or race of people, but he came to save all people. This speaks of Apollos being drawn out by the Lord from Alexandria here to Ephesus. Again, the application for us today is this. Jesus is still at work drawing men and women to himself. And this is what he desires to do in and through yourself and me. The next thing, excuse me. Yes, the next thing is that are individuals responding to the call? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. You're being drawn out. People are being drawn out. But are we responding to the call that's being placed on our hearts? Next, we see that he knew very little or minimal in the scriptures. He only knew about the baptism of John. We see again that the reputation of John the Baptist superseded himself. He was supposed to be and he was a voice for the coming Christ. And he was his teachings were widely known throughout the Jews of the Roman Empire reaching as far as Alexandria where Apollos lived. Uh, the verse that speaks to that is found in Matthew chapter 3 verses 4 and 6 and it says, Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan confessing their sins. So this is, this is what Apollos was taught and this is what he understood of the scriptures. Because Apollos knew the work of John the Baptist, it's likely that he preached that the Messiah had come and we must repent and respond to Jesus but he probably, again, had little knowledge of the full person and the work of Jesus Christ. The application for us this morning is this. It was a great starting point for Apollos. He understood his condition spiritually was not good. He was a sinner who needed to repent. This is very important. He knew that there was a problem that needed to be solved. For us today, that alone is probably the single biggest barrier between people and God. Simply, many people don't think that they have an eternal problem. They don't think they need any fixing. And that is the wall that divides people from God. Obviously, that wall, if you put it in words, it's really sin. But the fact that some individuals have not come to the point where they recognize that they're spiritually bankrupt, this is a problem. And this is what was not happening with Apollos. Apollos understood and recognized, I'm a sinner, I must repent and be baptized. If someone can't be convinced that they even have a problem, there will be a greater challenge to convince them of the full purpose of Jesus Christ. Apollos, again, was a a well-educated and also a well-traveled man. We can imagine that in his youth he probably had gone to Jerusalem, especially having interest in the Old Testament. And while he had been there, this is probably where he came under the influence of the preaching of John the Baptist. Next we see that it says that he began to speak, speaking of Apollos, boldly in the synagogue. 
Apollos didn't know much about Jesus, but what he did know and what he did teach was accurate and it was consistent and he preached and taught with boldness and with passion. He didn't know much about Jesus, but what he did know, it genuinely excited him and it came out of him. You could tell that this was something that he had experienced and this was not just uh, something that was rhetoric, was information. The application is this. Again, you don't need to be a spiritual guru to begin to share Jesus Christ with others. Apollos only knew the basics, but was correct in what he knew. He was secure in his convictions and so was able to speak boldly about what he knew in Jesus Christ. This is where having a personal encounter, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ comes into play. This is where it is pivotal. If you know Jesus, then you personally know him. What you share is going to greatly impact the presence of your life because you have a relationship. You have an encounter. You have, you have something that you can base it off of. It's not just something that you heard or something that you, you read, but there was an actual experience there. It was, it was real. It was personal. And so there's a passion there. It's something that you, you cannot be manufactured if you don't have this experience. And this is what happened with Apollos. He had an experience. He understood through the limited scripture that was revealed to him, there was a shift. There was a change in his countenance, in his spirit, in his soul. And this is what happened. And this is what we see. If all we know is information or data or inf- you know, just statistics about Jesus Christ, but we have no real connection with him, then we don't have this personal, we don't have anything that we can really share that's going to, going to take root because there's nothing behind it. It's just information. It's stale and lifeless since there's no experience behind it. I like what one commentator says about this. He says, what is mentioned here is fervor. And this means not merely skill on his part, but conviction based on something deeply embedded in his heart. Well, how can there be this this conviction that's that's deeply embedded in his heart if he didn't have a real encounter with Jesus, with the scriptures, with what was taught about his condition, his spiritual condition of being a sinner lost, needing to be saved and repent from his sins. So we see that Apollos had what we all need. We need to have that encounter. We need to have that real connection. That's going to make everything click. And that's going to begin us to change and be on the trajectory that the Lord wants us to be on for the rest of our lives. Okay, let's go ahead and look at the last two verses here, 26 through 28. And it says, speaking of Apollos, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wished to cross to Achaia, excuse me, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was, in, was Jesus. Here we see the spiritual maturity of Priscilla and Aquila. They took Apollos aside and explained to him the ways of God more accurately. Aquila and Priscilla did something very valuable here for the kingdom of God, something that we need not fail to do. 
They helped someone who had a passion for God and helped him to understand the full picture of who Jesus Christ is and what his mission is. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 tells us, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. And this is what we see. Them building up their brother in Christ. Apollos had some power in serving the Lord, yet he had limited knowledge and therefore limited resources to truly be effective for his ministry. He, need to, he needed to mature so he could mature in his ministry and mature in the work that the Lord had for him to do. When they saw that Apollos needed some guidance in the ways of God, they jumped into action. They were, they were ready to, to be of service. They weren't reluctant. They weren't hesitant. They didn't think of a number of excuses they could use. They said, okay, this is what the Lord is showing us. We have, we have it on our hearts to do it. Let's go ahead and approach this man and help him out. Willing to help another brother or sister in Christ mature in their faith. A question for us this morning. Do we, do I, look for opportunities to step in and help other believers grow in their walk with Christ? This is something that we need to reflect on. Are we taking advantage of the opportunities presented to us daily to be used to share Christ with others and to help build other believers up? The application is this. Home fellowships, small groups, Bible studies, these are all great settings for these kinds of relationships to grow, right? They may not really mature here in in a Sunday setting because, again, it's just like, you know, the coach giving the team the play and we break from the huddle and then we're out, you know? It's not like we're hanging out all day here in this building at church. So it's these these smaller relationships. It's having people over for dinner at your house and, and just those kind of interactions, going out and doing things together. That's setting the tone. That's setting the table for relationships to uh, you know, grow and for the opportunity to speak into others' lives. When, we, when you and I are involved with others outside of a Sunday service, again, you begin to grow a trust with others where you have the opportunity to speak to them. Praise God for the example of Apollos, Priscilla, and Aquila. Just, this is a position we should all be ready to take as believers in Christ, to be able to raise up others and mature in their faith. Next, we see that the brethren wrote and they exhorted the disciples to receive Apollos. They had encouraged them to receive this brother who had a passion for the Lord and was being used already in a mighty way to continue on in his service. With both instruction from Aquila and Priscilla and the letters received from the church in Ephesus, Apollo served effectively in Achaia, especially among, uh, especially opposing the Jews. He vigorously refuted the Jews publicly. He wasn't ashamed of Christ. He was willing to pronounce that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, and this was a very important thing. He was able to grow in his understanding of Christ because of these other faithful believers speaking into his lives. And for us today, this is, this is also key because when you look at the, the, the servant leaders within the church, right? You look at pastors and you look at other ministry leaders. We need to be poured into as well, right? We do. That's just the reality. It's very dangerous to have a church where the pastor is constantly pouring out to the congregation, but none of the congregation is coming alongside him and pouring into him. That's a very dangerous place to be. You don't want to be in that situation, the pastor should have men pouring into him regularly and praying for him. 
It's equally dangerous to have a pastor who thinks that the congregation cannot speak into his life, that the church cannot speak relevant truth into his life because he's the pastor. There needs to be a healthy spiritual balance here. And this is what we see with Apollos, Aquila, and Priscilla. When Apollos went to the region of Achaia, it probably means he went to the city of Corinth when he was in that region. From where Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians, he apparently had a remarkable ministry there, Apollos. His ministry exploded and he was used in a dynamic way. Apollos went to Corinth, or excuse me, Apollos went to Corinth to water what Paul had planted. We know the Bible speaks to that. Some plant, others water, but the Lord brings the harvest. And this is what we see played out here in the scriptures. Next we see, and this is another very important thing, another dangerous thing that we need to look out for. Some Corinthians, they fixated on Apollos in a way that was divisive. It was not good. There was no reason to believe that Apollos brought this upon himself. He didn't encourage this. But some of these believers, they unfortunately became enamored with this man's uh, God-given gifts, the way that he spoke, the way that he taught. And they were giving him praise, speaking of the man Apollos, instead of God for the gifts that God gave him. The application is this. We are to follow after Jesus Christ and not a man. At best, a pastor is just a messenger of God, a tool to be used at the Lord's disposal, not someone to be praised or lifted up. Apollos was educated and well-spoken. In today's terms, you could say he had a unique swagger about himself. He had a charisma that was infectious. People gravitated to it by the way that he was. We should be glad for these God-given gifts that Apollos had and that uh, you know, people today have. But we need to remember these God-given gifts are given to glorify our Heavenly Father, not men. Paul regarded Apollos as a trusted colleague. You can read about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5-7, through 7, and 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 12. Apollos was, was Jewish and is described again. He was eloquent and he was very on fire for the Lord. He was fervent in spirit. He also, again, vigorously refuted the Jews. He took a stance that stood for Christ and against being under the law and having to keep the law to be made right with God. So we know this because he was able to demonstrate from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Because of these things, some scholars considered him to be the type of person who may have wrote the book of Hebrews. That's just a little side note. In all in all, in ending this message, the main point was that Apollo's life was changed forever by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And once that happened, he was on a mission to serve his Savior and Lord the rest of his days. May we be the same, affected by Jesus Christ and sent out to do his will. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, just thank you again for just the opportunity to, to, to come before you together as the body of Christ, together, not not just behind a screen, but together in person. We're so grateful for you opening the door to make this possible. Lord, as we've heard, may we be those that 
just jump in, Lord, to have a hunger and a thirst to do your will, Lord, not to wait around for some day when, you know, we think we're ready and we're mature enough, but Lord, just send us now. Send those who are willing. As even the, the, the video said, the laborers are few. May we be those that jump into your work. Lord, we pray that you would, again, continue to keep your hedge of protection around us and your hand upon us. May you bless every every family that made an attempt to come here, Lord, to be here, um, just to see the joy on their faces, to be amongst other brothers and sisters in Christ. We pray for those that, for whatever reason, could not make it today, Lord, those that are remote. And we just pray for them as well, that you will bless their households, that you would keep their spirits locked into you, and that we all together collectively would continue to honor your name and lift up your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you and praise you. It's in your son's mighty name that we pray. Amen. Amen.